morning, or I should say good afternoon at this point, church. How are we doing? Good. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. Uh, God gave me this word about two months ago, and I've been talking to him and seeking him on it, um, and I believe it's a prophetic word. I believe some people here, you've been asking God for answers or clarity, and for those individuals, uh, I believe that God is going to speak very clearly today for you. Uh, and I also believe that this word is, is for the church as well. So, if you're taking notes, anyone take notes anymore? Uh, the title of the word is Grow in Grace. Grow in Grace. And it's about growing in the grace of God. Now, grace is the name of our church. So there's a bit of play on words in that. And part of what we do as a church, or the main thing, is to help you grow in your walk with God grow in that relationship. Uh, but that's not the point of today. But I'm excited about it. Amen. Will we pray? Yes. Let's pray. Jesus, we know that you're here. Amen. We can feel your presence and we ask for a tsunami of your Holy Spirit to fall in this place, Lord. Let us have open hearts and open ears and open minds. Tear down walls. Break chains. Change lives here today, God. Yes. Do only what you can do. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. You're all with me. 10 o'clock service is quiet, but you're, you're there. All right. <laughs> Definition of grace is the undeserved gift of divine favor. Hallelujah. Amen. From God. Divine favor. It is supernatural. You cannot buy it. Amen. You cannot get it from someone else. It is a blessing. Yes. You cannot earn it. Mm. And it's all from God. Here's what it says in Second Peter about grace. You must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Oh, you're late today. Fabulous. Brothers and sisters, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus... You must grow. It is not optional. It is a command. You must grow. You can't stay in your own little bubble. Even though I would like to a lot of the time. <laughs> but you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And today we're going to look at four lessons in growing in grace. Hallelujah. We get started? Yes. Number one, it starts with a seed. Repeat after me, it starts? With a seed. Yep. See, it starts with a seed. For those who are not native English speakers, uh, we use seed in many different ways in our language. So it must be very confusing at times for you. And I apologise. I didn't come up with the English language, obviously. Um, but we talk about seeds as an idea, a dream. A concept, you'll hear people saying there was a, or is a seed of greatness in that person. They have a talent or an ability or a skill. It's potential, but they have to grow it and develop it and mature in it and nurture it. We talk about seeds as feelings. There was a seed of fear planted or a seed of anxiety or a seed of out. We talk about seed as a literal physical seed that you would plant and when you plant it 
something will grow. And you'll see seed all over the Bible. Jesus talks about it. He has parables about it. And the seed that Jesus usually uses is the seed that is wheat, a grain or a kernel of wheat. And wheat makes flour, and flour makes bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Everything in your Bible is intentional. It is not a mistake. There is layers and depth there that our human minds can't even comprehend at times. But keep searching when you're reading your Bible. It also talks about seed in the Bible as families, generations, descendants, people making a lot of babies over thousands of years. (laughs) Hallelujah. But that's what seed is in our English language. So today when I'm talking about seed, it's not just about a physical seed. Mm. I'm using it as a symbol or a metaphor the same way that Jesus did. And we know what God does in the physical can happen in the spiritual. Amen. Amen. Let's see what Jesus says about a seed. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. Mm. Hallelujah. There are things in my life that were planted by God. I did not work at it. I did nothing, but it grew. And it was the grace of God. I shouldn't have gotten that job, but it was God's grace and favor. I don't know where the money was going to come from, but it was God's grace and favor. His blessing on our lives. And we can see Jesus here is saying the kingdom of God is like. He's explaining to the people about land because that's what they understood. And as I said, it's what's in the physical. He's actually teaching about what's in the spiritual. Yeah. So agriculture in Jesus' time was the language of their land. They understood it. If you asked me what a crop is today, I'd say a crop top. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not into farming. (laughs) We wouldn't understand it, but they did. And the definition of agriculture is an art of raising seeds to plant life from the soil for the use of mankind. The whole point that a farmer plants a seed and it grows and becomes a harvest is to feed people. God plants a seed of faith or a seed of salvation in all of us. For me, I gave my life to Jesus when I was eight years old in the kitchen with my dad. I didn't get it all, but I knew God was real. And I knew I needed him. It was a seed of salvation. It was a seed of faith. God gives us seeds of dreams, of passions, of pursuits, of ministries. And it starts with the seed. But the purpose of God planting us as Christians is not for you. It is for the kingdom of God. It is to feed the people. It is to reach mankind. Your faith is bigger than you. You can stay a mustard seed of faith. You can stay on your own. And you're safe and secure and you're independent. But that is not what you are created for. That's not what the seed is created for. Planting seeds in agriculture is intentional. 
the seeds don't grow there naturally. If you look at the, the picture on the screen, you can see part of the land that is resting. Yeah. You can see part of the land that is growing. But the seeds don't grow there naturally. If the seeds grew naturally, the farmer wouldn't have to plant. Mm -hmm. And the seeds, some of them, are not indigenous. They're not originally from that country. Yeah. They're brought over to feed the people. Yeah. And some seeds are dormant. And what that means is they'll only grow in certain conditions. Yeah. Grass seed, that you get grass from, obviously, will only grow at a certain temperature. I can plant it in the ground, I can do all the work, but if it's too cold, yeah. it won't grow. Mm -hmm. What's in it is the same, yeah. but has to be in the right conditions. Yeah. And I believe God would say to some people here today, who Ireland is not your home, you are not from here, and you believe that God brought you here for a job, or a relationship, <coughs> or to remove you from what was going on at home, and God would say, that is not the main reason that he has brought you here. The main reason that he has brought you here is that you need to be planted here for the harvest of the kingdom of God. Your seed that you bring is not here naturally. It is not found in Ireland. He needs you to, bring, to be here, to bring a harvest to the Irish people of salvation, of a move of the Holy Spirit. The Irish people don't have it. We need you here. We need your family here. Amen? Amen? That's why he brought you here. You think it's about you? Mm -hmm. It's about the kingdom of God. And for others, you have a dormant seed. God has given you that dream, passion, pursuit, ministry, and maybe it didn't grow before, or maybe you never planted it. And God would say, now is the time to plant. If you did it before, it would not have lasted. And if you wait any longer, you'll miss the season. Mm. Now is the time mm. to plant. But brothers and sisters, it starts with a seed. God gave me this next verse for families. We don't get to choose our family. Mm. Yeah. I have a great one, I love my family. <laughs> and I'll say that out loud. <laughs> But we don't get to choose it. They are God-ordained relationships. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we all know yeah. families fight. Mm -hmm. And it's tough at times, or it can be tough all the time, depending on who's in your family, right? <laughs> but God gave me this verse from the book of James. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest, hallelujah, of righteousness. God has called us to be peacemakers. He did not say peacekeepers. We have this saying in Ireland, keep the peace with yeah. that person. Usually it's they're just in a bad mood and we need to give them a bit of grace and space. But some people, it's not that. For some people, their behavior is inappropriate or they're toxic or they're abusive or they project their issues and their emotions onto you. God is not talking about that. But if we want God's grace and provision in our lives, we can't do that when we are at war with the people in our lives. It doesn't work. And notice it says, plant seeds of peace. It starts with the seed. You have to grow it. 
You have to work at it. You have to nurture it. It does not happen overnight. And our family relationships are some of the toughest. But God is saying, be a peacemaker. Plant the seeds. Here's what God says about peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Hallelujah. And you might be here and saying, I want to do that, but I don't know how. All I know is dysfunction. All I know is that pattern or cycle in my family or in my life. I don't know how to do it. And in the message version of this verse, it really explains how you do it. It says this. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. Oh, that's a tough one. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. How do I plant seeds of peace? How do I do it? The grace that God has given me, I give to them. The love that God has given me, I give to them. The kindness that God has shown me, I show them. And the forgiveness that God has given me, I give to them. That's when you discover who you really are. God is more concerned about your character and who you are than your calling and what you do. Because if you do not have the character of God, you will not be able to carry the calling of God. And we say amen, but that's a hard one. It's hard. And family is hard. Plant seeds of peace. But it starts with a seed. Number two, Roots before shoots. I came up with that myself. That's a good one, isn't it? That's my college education coming in. I can speak English and rhyme words. The seed grows down before it grows up. When we go to plant a seed, typically it's in a garden, right? It's your garden. And the process of planting a seed in a garden initially looks very similar to a grave. In a grave and in a garden, I need to dig a hole in the ground. In a grave and in a garden, I need to place something in that hole. In a grave, it's a body. It's something that's dead. And in a garden, it's a seed. It dies to itself, but it will bring life. Mm. In a grave and in a garden, I have to cover up what I've planted or placed there with soil. Mm. The process initially looks exactly the same. And for some people here, you think your salvation is dead. You think the situation is dead. You think the relationship is dead. You think I have dug a hole and my whole world is coming in on me. And God, we know and we sing it, he turns graves Amen. into gardens. What you think is dead will bring life. Amen. You think that you are buried, but you have been planted. Hallelujah. The seed grows down before it grows up. You see the seed here? The seed works in secret. No one sees this. It is private. 
The process is private. It's on its own. And the seed goes from the individual and dies to that and is transformed into something bigger. But it's private, it's painful, it's secret. And the reason that it grows down before it grows up is it's growing roots. And those roots will access a deeper source of water that will sustain its life. Yes. Brothers and sisters, God wants you to go deeper with him. Because if you do, and he is your source of life, you will grow and be sustained because as you shoot through the ground and you are open to the public and the storms of life and the winds of it or the comparison of someone else growing differently over there, your source is Jesus. If you skip that process and do not go deeper and your roots are shallow, when the winds and storms of life do come, you won't last. Mm -hmm. That dream, that passion, that pursuit that God has given you, if you don't go deep enough with God on it, it won't last. Mm -hmm. And if it does grow and mature, and you don't have deep roots, and it does become something big, when it does blow over, when the wind and storms come, it damages things around it. We need to go deeper. Because those of us who have got on that journey, that isolation, that growing pain, the darkness of it, the uncertainty of when is this going to end, I know, because I know, because I know, if all I have is Jesus, that's all I need. That's all I need. And here's what Jesus says about some Christians who don't have their roots properly down in him. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. God has called you and created you to go deeper with him. It doesn't get any deeper than God. You can go as deep as you want. But you have to go deeper with him. And it's the grace of God, it's his favour, his blessing that allows us to go through that process and those growing pains. It starts with the seed, it's roots before shoots. Hallelujah. Number three, you still with me? Yes. Number three, don't worry about the weeds. The weeds are the things that the enemy plants in our lives. Weeds of anger, of lust, addiction, ego, greed, selfishness, Anxiety, it's the enemy plants them. And I have a little garden at home, you couldn't even call it a garden now, it's so small, God bless me. But it is all gravel and it's stone, and I have intentionally planted nothing. Not a tree, not a bush, not a flower. But guess what? I got weeds. And I go to my parents' home, (laughs) and their garden. And they have intentionally planted everything to an inch of its life. That tree goes there, that flower, that bush. But guess what? They got weeds. Whether you plant nothing for the kingdom of God, 
or you give everything for the kingdom of God, the enemy will plant his weeds. But God says, don't worry about the weeds. And in my parents' garden, I don't notice the weeds, number one, because Tom Burke would be on it like that. <laughs> if you want your weeds done, call Tom Burke. He's a great knack with the shovel there. Not my calling, not my calling. But I don't see the weeds because it's so fruitful and abundant and beautiful. But in my garden, because there's nothing growing and it's grey, I see the weeds straight away yeah. as it grows. And I believe for some people here today, you are scared to plant what God is asking you to plant, whether that's deciding to follow Jesus or those dreams or passions or ministries because you're seeing the weeds in your life. Mm. Don't worry about the weeds. Amen. Here's what Jesus said about them. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed. God plants good seed in our lives, amen? Amen. But the enemy saw the potential of the seed. The seed was not growing. The seed did not produce the harvest. The seed hadn't done anything yet. But the enemy saw a seed of greatness and potential in it. So the enemy planted his weeds. Brothers and sisters, do not be surprised when God has planted something in your life or God is growing something in your life that the enemy will grow his weeds. Amen. Don't be surprised. The workers slept. They woke up the next day, they didn't even know it was planted. They only saw it when the wheat started to grow and the weed started to grow alongside it. When God is growing something good in your life, it's okay for the weeds to grow alongside it. It won't damage it. Both can grow at the same time. And look what it says in the rest of the verse. Should we pull out the weeds, the workers asked. No, the farmer replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. I don't know if it's an individual here or multiple people, but the enemy has you distracted. You are panicking because all of a sudden you are seeing what God is doing growing and you're saying, where have these weeds come from? They're coming out of nowhere. And the enemy does this in our lives. You're focused on the negative of the weeds and you're not focused on what God is doing and God is growing. He distracts us. You don't have to do anything. You're panicking and thinking, I need to pull out the weeds, I need to pluck them. No, you don't need to do it. Because if you uproot those weeds now, you'll damage what God is doing in your life and you'll damage the harvest that he's going to bring in that affects others. But if you wait until the harvest and both have grown, not only, hallelujah, will you reap a harvest for the kingdom of God, you'll be able to pluck out those weeds at the same time Amen. and it won't damage them. Amen. Brothers and sisters, don't worry about the weeds. Yeah. Amen? Amen, hallelujah. And number four, we're there. 
Time is your tool. Ecclesiastes says this, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck or harvest what is planted. You are always in a season in your life. And in that season, there is always a specific time. And in every season and time, there is always a purpose. Mm. Nothing is wasted Amen. in the kingdom of God. Amen. And my question to you, brothers and sisters, is do you know what time it is in your life? Mm. Because if you don't know what time it is, you will not know what your purpose is. Mm. You might be doing, it might be the right time in your life, but you're doing the wrong thing. Or you could be doing the wrong thing and you think it's at the right time. And if you skip a season and you skip the purpose of that season, you bring it into the next one. You carry it on, excuse me, my apologies. You carry it on. And if you're not careful, you can get stuck in the season. My grandmother, my mum's mum, is going to be 88 in May. Praise the Lord. <laughs> She's still here. But uh, if you don't know my grandmother, she's a character all my days. She would buy and sell all of us in two minutes. Helen Des. But when my granny was in her early 40s, uh, her husband died. And it was traumatic, as you can imagine. But that mourning and that grieving, that sh the deepness of that, which should have been a season has become her life. There's always an element of grieving. I'm not taking away that from someone's passing. But there's a, a time where life moves on. And my granny, for many reasons, and probably the main one is she doesn't know how to, has become stuck in that season. It has become her identity. And at 88 years old, she is still triggered by the trauma that happened over 40 years ago. Don't get stuck in a season. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, and I'm just going to ask everyone to stand. We're going to pray here in a moment. And the prayers today are, are very simple. No matter what season you're in in life, you need God's grace. Amen. Amen. No matter what season, I need God's grace. And no matter what season you're in in life, you need to grow. Yes. We must grow. Yes. might look different in every season, yeah. but I'm always growing. Yeah. I'm always getting better. I'm always trying. Yeah. So we looked at these things today, the four of them. It starts with a seed. And maybe today it's just you asking Jesus into your life. It's that simple. It's that profound. Or maybe it's a seed that God has given you, that dream, that ministry, that <coughs> pursuit, that passion. And you're saying, okay, God, I'm going to plant it today. Maybe it's you need to go deeper with the Lord. You need to go deeper. And in that depth, as you go deeper with God, usually there's a lot of fear in that. But we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. Thank you for that, drums. Amen. <laughs> Sound of a clang. Anyway, don't worry about the weeds. Maybe you need just the grace to focus on what good that God is doing and not what the enemy is doing. Yes. 
I shared this in the last service, some of the weeds in our lives are generational. You think that weed is, you made a mistake, or you've developed a habit, or you're not good enough, or you need to do better. Some of the weeds in our lives, and I include myself, they are generational. Your grandmother had it, who passed it on to your mother, who passed it on to you. It's generational. It's not your fault. And God says, as we know, don't worry about the weeds. Hallelujah. And finally, maybe it's just the grace. God, I need to ask you, what time am I in? What's my purpose? What do you want me to do? Because what God asks of, asks of us in a previous season is typically what he doesn't need to do us do in this season. He's usually wanting us to do something different. It's not going to be the same every season. So just asking God, give me the grace to know what time it is. For something to grow, you need to water it. And we're going to sing a song called Let It Rain. And it's God raining down on us right now, His Holy Spirit, to give us the grace for all of these prayers. You might be looking at one of them, or you might be saying, I need help on all of it, God. Give me the grace for all of it. But we're going to ask God to move. So God, for all of us who need to plant what you've given us, We say we're all in. We're planting. God, we acknowledge that our lives are bigger than us. Your calling on our lives is bigger than what we want. We know that there's a harvest, but the workers are few. God, use us. Use these dreams, use these passions, these pursuits. Use us, God, because there is a harvest that is due in this nation. And, that, and we are saying as your people, Use us. Amen. We want to be used for the kingdom of God. God, we are committed to the process of it starting with the seed. Give us the grace to stick with the process. And we pray for anything that we think is dead, God. Turn that from a grave into a garden in Jesus' name. God, for those of us who need to go deeper, give us your strength, your peace, go deeper. It says in the book of Psalms, those who sow their seeds, they sow them while they're weeping, they're crying. Your tears will water that seed. Your tears are not wasted. But it also says they reap the harvest and it's joyful. It's in joy. If you are in a season of harvest, you know that's what God is asking you to do. And you might feel, I have no strength for it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's how you bring in a harvest. You cannot bring in the harvest with sorrow. It has to be with joy. And you cannot sow those seeds with joy. You sow them with weeping. Know the tools of the season that you're in. God, we pray not worry about the weeds that the enemy has planted, not to panic, not to be distracted, and to allow what you're doing and you're growing in our lives to be our main focus, Lord. You have not given us a spirit of fear. We know that you say, do not worry about every, anything, but pray about everything. That is your tool if you are worried. You need to pray. 
Keep going back to God. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Because we know that he gives us a sound mind. Any attack of the enemy on our minds, God, in Jesus' name we rebuke it. Protect our minds. And God, we pray for the time in our lives, right now. Let us know what time it is and let us know what purpose it is. For some people here, you feel, or you are, at the end of a season. You feel you don't know what's next. And maybe that's physically and you don't know if you have much longer in this world. Or maybe it's the season of life that you're in. God wants to remind you, he's not done. You still have breath in your lungs. You are still here. You are still needed. There is a purpose and it is bigger than you. He needs you here right now. Don't disassociate. Don't opt out of the season. Be present because what you have, others do not have. Pour it out. Grow it out. Give it away. So God, all these prayers, whether we can identify with all of them or one of them, we need your grace. We need your divine favor. We need your blessing on our lives, God. And we give it to you. We trust you. We know that you are a good God. Whatever season we're in, you are God. Whatever's going on, you have a plan. And Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing. And the people of God said, Amen.